we strive. Welcome to season two of the We Strive podcast. We interview entrepreneurs who are hustling, who have had exits, and are out there changing the world. Entrepreneurship is all about getting places that you weren't supposed to get to. It's about creating something out of nothing, and the people we interview do just that. I'm your host, Corey McCain, CEO and founder of the We Strive personal training platform, and I am so happy to announce that we finally launched. I could not be more excited. Go check us out on iOS and Android to discover hundreds of personal trainers and thousands of full-length fitness plans. And if you're a personal trainer, go check us out at WeStriveApp.com. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. We get some of the best entrepreneurs on the show, and each week I hope you can learn something or at least really just enjoy the episode. Thanks for all your support. I'm going to be cheesy here. I hope you find your strive in 2020. Cheers. This week we have Corey Levy on the podcast. So I actually met Corey because he's at Corey on Instagram, and that's what I've always wanted to be. So I DM'd him or emailed him saying, hey, you know, wish I could be at Corey, but you took it. <laughs> and it turned out I did a little research on him. It turns out he's actually like an amazing founder, and he also does angel investing now. So he has an incredible story of how he actually got into the entrepreneurship world He's done a lot of amazing things. He created this conference called Internapalooza, which has seen tens of thousands of members or uh, attendees come through over the years. And now he's working on a pretty amazing company and uh, I'm excited for you guys to check out this podcast. Cool. My name is Corey Levy and I am a entrepreneur and early stage technology investor. There we go. Um, so we'll get into like, your background and kind of how you got all into that. Um, from the get-go. So, I mean, where did you get started in the entrepreneurship world? Like, you know, was it selling candy as a kid or like what was the kind of initial thing for you? It was pretty close to selling candy as a kid. I, I grew up in Houston, Texas and... Oh, that's where my family's from. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I grew up in Houston, Texas and started uh, uh, selling things on eBay. I was a big tennis player. My first job was a ball boy. I worked for free and got a bunch of uh, uh, tennis um, memorabilia uh autograph balls, broken rackets, et cetera, and started uh, a small eBay business. And I was probably in middle school and then started working in technology in high school. Uh, I cold emailed a bunch of tech companies and venture capitalists. And the tech companies rejected me pretty quickly. Um, uh, but I tried to work at Eventbrite when there were only probably 10 employees. I tried to work at Square when there were probably only 10 employees. None of those places would hire me, but I was able to convince um, a couple of venture capitalists to let me shadow them and be the team voice in their office. Um, so that was kind of where I was introduced to Silicon Valley and uh, exposed to this crazy world. That's awesome, man. And honestly, like I always say that if I could go back in time I wouldn't have done any of the jobs I had done. And I would have kind of basically what you did, just went to any of those badass companies and just said like, hey, like I'll work for a minimum wage or free. Just like give me the experience, you know? Um, I think there's just so much to be learned in the startup world. So that, that's cool that you did that. So what, like how, how long did you work at that VC firm once you got started? It was only, I was in high school. I was a shadow. There was one where I worked for a week. I think one where I worked two weeks, one where I was there for a month and it was all, you know, it was very cool experiences, incredibly grateful that, you know, some of these super experienced people let a 
inexperienced teenager hang out in the office. Um, so yeah, from there, I went off to the University of Illinois to study computer science. And while I was visiting as a senior in high school, I met one of the smartest people I've ever met. Uh, and I was fortunate to start a company with him. Um, and we, we built a number of consumer apps, one of which was called After School, which was a teen social network that grew to 20 million users and was uh, recently the engineering team was, was acquired by Ancestry. Um, and now um, uh, he's starting a new company, which I'm grateful to be a part of as an investor and a, a founding advisor uh, and spending more of my time um, investing in first-time technical founders. That's incredible. And so, so what did After School do? It was a, a teen social network. So uh, it was simply each high school had its own uh, uh, page per se. Uh, people signed up. They verified that they were a student at that high school with their school ID. And from there, it was just kind of like a, a message board, a Twitter um, uh, uh, like interface uh, just for your high school. So we were at 20 plus thousand high schools, 20 million users. Um, it, it, it grew very, very quickly, um, which was, which was, which was wonderful to see. So just to clarify, it was a message board for teams at that high school or just like anyone at the high school or for classrooms or. Yeah. Uh, just for, for high schoolers, not for teachers or, or, or parents. So yeah, it was. Okay. So like basically like a, like you take Twitter and then just only for people like they get to kind of just interact with the other people that they went to school with. And like one social board and messages and that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. There were a handful of, of features, um, uh, and it was just for you and your 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 classmates. So, okay, very cool, interesting. That's crazy. You guys got so big. Um, when you started that, did you think it was gonna? I mean, ever get to twenty million, or did you kind of start as like, this is a cool thing I'm gonna do? I mean, what were what was your like um, uh, like your your big sky vision for that. We were building a number of different consumer apps and we were, um, uh, uh, when we first started building, we kind of took the Steve jobs esque approach, which was, you know, not talk to many users. We know what people want. We're going to launch something that looks really good and everyone's going to love it. And that uh, proved to not be the case. Um, so then <laughs> we started to uh, uh, test with users and, um, uh, assess our, you know, assess demand before building products and got, um, a little bit smarter when it came to, um, building and releasing products. Um, but we were still very surprised every single time we would launch a, a new app or a product, we would get, you know, 12 users or 13 users or six users or 25 users per day. Um, and when we launched after school, uh, something special happened, you know, we were, uh, I think maybe, what was it like? 200,000 users in the first, you know, two weeks, maybe a million users. That's in insane. The first um, something like that. Um, it was a crazy growth. So we did not expect that, uh, nor was the product ready to handle um, that many people. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you go from 25 to all of a sudden like hundreds of thousands of people out of nowhere. That's crazy. I mean, so I mean, I love that the, the Steve Jobs to uh, the comparisons. I mean, I, it's the same way I feel like with my own mindset too. It's it's so hard to release an update that's kind of new and you want to have this like Steve Jobs mentality, like, no, they'll, they'll love it. But then at the same time, it's, you know, I feel like I have to push myself too to be like, no, no, we need to ask the consumers what they want. So there's always that battle. Yeah. It's totally art and science. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't, I could not agree more. Uh, 
so yeah, I mean, with, with the with the scaling to twenty, I mean, what are you doing to get people to download the app? Was it just kind of like just kind of um, went viral, or because everyone at the school got it and then their buddies got it, kind of a thing, or how did that grow? Yeah, to start, we followed you know the Paul Graham advice, which was like do things that don't scale. Um, at the time, our team was pretty young. Um, maybe uh, we had at least one or two team members that were just like a year out of high school. So they actually went into a handful of local schools in San Francisco, uh, uh, 21 Jump Street style. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but the concept is uh, uh, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum dress up their police officers and they dress up as high school students and, and go to high school. Um, and some of our team members that were maybe a year uh, uh, out of high school did just that. Uh, so they went to school during lunch and, and after school into the sports games and kind of spoke to students and promoted the um, uh, the app. And that was like the first five schools. And we started to get, you know, a few hundred users at each of those schools. Um, and uh, uh, then from there, once it started to spread on its own, we uh, uh, at the time, um, Vine and Instagram were were. were large. Obviously, Instagram is still large, but Vine is no longer around. Um, and we reached out to a handful of the top uh, creators on those platforms and offered to kind of like do a barter, like, hey, we'll build your website if you promote our new app. Um, and because Vine was relatively new, um, some of these creators agreed to that. So we would we would kind of help some of the creators with their technology in exchange. They would, they would promote our app. Um, and, you know, uh, some of these creators are now incredibly large. David Dobrik promoted our app. Jake Paul promoted our app, um, and that got it to to grow. Um, uh, you know, pour pour kind of fuel on the fire um, uh, in the beginning. No, that's awesome. I mean, I think that's so cool that you guys uh, <coughs> obviously running a you know running a high school app. It's so convenient that you had Vine, which is essentially high schoolers. Um, so that's very smart to kind of tap into the right target audience there because there's definitely a lot of ways you can mess that up. And I think you guys took a, a really great approach there. Yeah. And today, today there's uh, today there's TikTok, which is almost very similar, similar creators. Um, if we were launching after school again today, we would be heavily investing, uh, our time and energy into figuring out how to, how to leverage TikTok to grow. No, absolutely. No, I totally agree. It's a, it's a very, I think that's a really good applicable lesson people could take out of this so that, yeah, target, I mean, utilize a, a very similar target audience, similar like, you know, Facebook advertising. Um, I mean, that's, that's genius. Uh, so then I wanted to touch on your role um, with do something.org. Can you kind of explain what that company is and kind of how you're involved? Yeah. Do something.org has been around for um, a very long time. Um, when I was in high school, I, heard about them and, and uh, use them uh, uh, as a way to, to volunteer. But do something, they have 5 million plus young members uh, and they um, are a nonprofit for young people uh, and help young people volunteer and do great things. So um, they have hundreds of campaigns um, running at, at any given time. Uh, right now, uh, one of the popular campaigns that do something is running as teen Teens for Jeans, where um, a bunch of high schoolers and young people are collecting jeans for um, uh, uh, for local youth experiencing homelessness. Um, and you know, over the last I don't know several years, uh, over five million pairs of jeans have been collected around the country. 
uh, which is just incredible. So yeah, do something is amazing. Um, uh, I was a, a member of them when I was in high school and then when after school was around, we, uh, did a partnership with them and then I joined their board to help, uh, introduce after schools, millions of users to do something's, uh, campaigns. That's awesome. So you have like a prior relationship with that. That was my next question was how did you choose this specific uh, charity or group to get involved in? Yeah. You know, it, there wasn't a, a, um, there wasn't a crazy prior relationship other than just, you know, me being a do something member when I was in high school, uh, and do something growing ever since then. Uh, and you know, wanting, wanting to, wanting to help. So, um, yeah, we sent hundreds of thousands of after school users to do something's um, campaigns, registering people to vote uh, who are 18, pre-registering people to vote who are under 18. Um, uh, there were a bunch of campaigns where uh, uh, that were very popular on, on after school. Do you have any aspirations to make your own charity eventually, or are you so busy with everything else you're doing? And do you feel like other charities that you're involved with are kind of, you know, I mean, already pretty sufficient? All the above. Um, so, you know, I'm super grateful and fortunate to uh, be a part of the do something.org board um, with wonderful board members and a, and a great staff. And uh, in the meantime, you know, that's where I'm putting my uh, 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 some of my energy. So, you know, maybe in the future, um, there'll be something different. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool, man. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> so you created and we'll, we'll get to kind of like your, your really cool backstory in a sec, but um, you created inter internapalooza. Um, so what had, like, what was actually, let's start with, can you kind of explain what internapalooza is? Yeah. So internapalooza is a, um, it's a one day event for, uh, STEM science, technology, engineering, and math interns and students. And it's more or less just like a big conference, it's part career fair, part speaker series, Originally, this event was created to help me meet other engineers to uh, work on projects with and then also eventually hire uh, uh, when, when, when after school um, was running. And it kind of grew every single year. Over 20,000 STEM students have attended in years past. Um, uh, and, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big production now. So, um, yeah, that's kind of intern Palooza in a nutshell. Um, for me, I think hosting events is a great hack to meet people you want to meet. Um, so from a uh, uh, hiring perspective, I've met a ton of really great engineers from this event. Um, from an investor perspective, I met some you know, great venture capitalists and investors that I was able to invite to speak at this event. Um, so it's been a, a, a win, 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 and you know everyone gets benefit from the event. The attendees get to meet potential um, companies to work for. The companies get to meet potential um, people to hire. Um, so yeah, you know Travis Kalanick, founder of Uber, spoke in the very early, early days of Uber. Drew Houston, the CEO of Dropbox, has spoken. Marissa Meyer, the former CEO of Yahoo, has spoken many times. Um, Ashton Kutcher was in the audience one year. Um, a bunch of amazing speakers and attendees have, have come in the past. What a cool thing to create, man. Congrats to you. That's, that's, that's incredible. Um, 
And uh, I mean, I, I was gonna I was gonna touch on your point with the event hosting. I mean, I host events in LA. I started Entrepreneurs of LA about six months ago. I think we've hosted about seven events. And like you said, I mean, it's I mean, I do it because one, I thought the events here kind of sucked, and I wanted to make better ones, just like for everyone, not just myself, but for like a personal, uh, you know, selfish standpoint, you meet some incredible people and you basically get to meet everyone, which is the coolest part versus, yeah, going to an event, you get to meet like five or six people maybe. Uh, but yeah, as the host, you meet every single person at the event, have their contact info, and you can establish so many incredible relationships. So uh, yeah, definitely know exactly what you're saying. It's so much more pow- powerful than just attending a conference or, or an event. Um, so how long did it take to build up this conference? I mean, uh, you said 20,000 people, you know, over time, uh, you said, you know, the CEO of Uber was speaking at one point. So, I mean, is that all happening in your kind of like your 20 million thing? Is that all happening, you know, very quickly or did that take a couple of years to grow? Yeah, the, the size took a couple of years to grow, but the quality was, was, uh, of speakers and attendees was, was there on, on, on day, day one. So, um, you know, the first event was maybe 75 or a hundred attendees. Um, uh, but caliber speakers was, was, was incredible. So, um, I, I was able to, you know, finagle, uh, uh, some space at Stanford, um, despite having no affi- affiliation to Stanford. Um, so, you know, hosting an event at, at a, a amazing university probably helped with getting some great speakers and, uh, uh attendees. So, um, yeah, it definitely took a while to grow the event size. Um, uh, the first conference that I ever went to was the one that I ran. So, um, you know, I was writing speaker intros the morning of, um, because I didn't know that was a, a thing until the morning of. <laughs> That's um, crazy. And, oh. and yeah, it was supposed to be a one-time event. And then a bunch of the attendees asked, you know, when, when's, when's, when is the one, uh, when's the next one? So, um, I started to host them uh, annually. That's so, I mean, I have so many, I mean, I know you, we're, we're, we're going to cut this short in probably like 15 minutes because you, you have a last minute trip to go to, but I have so many questions just off off of that. I mean, um, Stanford, that's amazing. Could talk for 10 minutes about that. Uh, and I mean, yeah, like you like you just said, I, it's, uh, I, I, when I hosted my first event, I was just going to do it just for whatever. And then like 18 people were like, hey, when's the next one? And I was like, okay, I guess I'll, you know, but I couldn't imagine doing that. My first event is a conference. Um, let me, I can't imagine like just all this stuff, the last second you're having to do and run around. And uh, I'm sure you had some people helping you, but obviously that all falls on your shoulders. So, yeah. And I can even, I, I can even imagine the second event might've been worse because you're, th- you're just thinking, oh man, what did I, what did I miss from the first event that I knew I should have done? Um, probably just so much going on in your mind that second time. Yeah, no, it was, it was a, uh, funny series of events, you know, ordering lunch the, the day before and all of that fun stuff. So, Oh yeah. See, I didn't even think, yeah, exactly. I didn't even think about that. I've considered doing a conference, but yeah, like, I mean, I just feel like so much goes into it and I would, I'm such a, I'm such a host that I would be so worried that anyone, you know, wouldn't be enjoying themselves. Like I went to a conference in San Fran about a week and a half ago met some great people, but I was kind of bored most of the time. Um, and if I saw someone feeling how I was feeling, if it was my event, I would, I would hate that. Uh, so I'd have to kind of maybe even do what you did, like bring out some amazing speakers or something like that and figure it out. But, um, that's, that's really cool. You're able to pull that off. So 
Uh, is this something that you make money from now, or is it still more of like a hobby for you to make connections? It's it's a hobby. Um, uh, the event started off with tick, you know people buying tickets, and then eventually I made the events free, uh, and sponsors you know cover the cost of the event. So um, it's completely free for all the attendees. Um, the speakers are incredibly gracious and and you know uh, uh, speak for free. Um, and we have uh, uh, some incredible sponsors that come in and uh, who recruit and pay uh, 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 basically pay for everyone to, to come for free. That's really cool. See, I, I'm going to have to ask you at some point how you got speakers to speak for free. I mean, I know it's obviously for a great cause and everything, but uh, that's how do you approach that question? Do you like, because for example, I was watching, you know, RIP Kobe, I was watching their uh the thing they did just for him yesterday at um, the staples center and uh, beyonce was singing and i couldn't stop thinking like i wonder if she got paid or not and then i was thinking like how do you approach her and say like will you do this for free it's for a great cause you know like so how did how do you approach people like that asking them to take their valuable time and do something for free yeah a lot of these you know um incredibly successful people don't make their money you know via speaker speaker fees they make their money um you know uh, in their profession, and a lot of their time is spent hiring and recruiting people. Um, so this kind of fits into that uh, uh, for them. So it's uh, uh, they're they're getting tons of value from it, uh, as are the attendees. So you know, just trying to make it a win-win for everyone. And I would imagine if you directly asked, you know, some of the speakers, why did you speak at this event? Um, their answer would 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 be around um, around the fact that it's a good recruiting event since all of the people in the audience are 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 amazing you know STEM students or recent grads um, uh, who 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 may be uh, future employees. Yeah, I like that answer. I mean, it's pretty similar to your uh, you know your TikTok answer. I mean, I, you're going after very similar markets that can kind of complement each other. So that's great. Um, so we'll, so we'll, we'll hop to uh, firsttext.com, which is your new company. But I, I want you to tell the backstory on that because it was super interesting. Uh, a little backstory on why we're talking. Uh, you are at Corey on Instagram. And for years, I've always wanted to be at Corey. And I was like, who is this guy that's at Corey? And I sent you an email. Um, you politely responded to my maybe rude and upfront email. Uh, and now we're on this podcast. But I did a little background on you. You told me your backstory. I thought it was super cool. Um, so yeah, I'd love for you to tell kind of the story of how maybe you even got involved even more in the VC world and with angel investors and all that, and kind of how that first investment came up for you. Yeah. So first text is a new experiment that I'm working on. Um, long story short, what first text is it's funding and mentorship all over text message. Um, and, uh, kind of the backstory of that when I was 19 studying computer science at the university of Illinois, I was funded over a tweet. Um, by a, a guy named Keith Raboy, who's, who's now at a, a, a great VC firm called the Founders Fund. Um, he uh, uh, more or less convinced me to drop out um, uh, in exchange for investing in, in, in my company. Um, and with First Text, now I'm returning kind of the favor of a text message. So um, anyone can text me. Uh, first Text is designed for first-time technical founders um, from a handful of, 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 of universities. But I made my phone number public um, 
650-505-9984. So anyone can text me kind of what you are building now and why and kind of what non-traditional things you were doing growing up. Uh, and we take some of the best uh, answers that we get and highlight them to the first text mentors, which include you know, the founder of Eventbrite, the founder of Tender, uh, YouTube, AngelList, um, a bunch of amazing founders and venture capitalists. Um, and the goal is to propel you. So we've propelled you know, a handful of young people that are not necessarily located in a major city. Um, and they're now being mentored and funded by some of the best people in Silicon Valley. So that's kind of first text in a nutshell. It's, it's funding and mentorship all over text message. Um, and uh, anyone can text me. That's a really good idea. I mean, I, and what a crazy kind of, what, uh, what, uh, what school were you going to when you dropped out? University of Illinois. Oh, gotcha. Sorry, I didn't know if you said that or not. Um, yeah, that's crazy, man. What a cool story. So is there like any competitors for your platform? Are you not really caring at this point? Cause it's, it's more of like a, you know, an earlier stage concept. I mean, is there someone else kind of doing this? Not that I know of. Um, first text is an experiment. Uh, and yeah, anyone can learn more by going to firsttext.com. And then, uh, what, what's like a, is there like a long-term vision? I mean, kind of like a 20 million user kind of a thing for this, or is it just, you kind of playing around with it right now? Right now, simply just uh, playing around with it. So, um, you know, hundreds of texts have come through, and and yeah, and 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 actually, you know, millions of dollars have been funded uh, uh, to some of the people that have have, have texted in. Hopefully, uh, people get value from it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's let's wrap this up with uh, what's uh, well. First of all, what kind of companies do you like to invest in? And then secondly, what's some advice you have for entrepreneurs? Yeah, so the focus of First Text is, is first-time technical founders, kind of sector um, agnostic. Uh, uh, but we work with you know students, dropouts, and recent grads from a handful of the top kind of engineering schools. And um, yeah, I mean, advice for entrepreneurs on the funding side of things um, is uh, uh, fundraising is a lot like um, fundraising is a lot like dating and marriage, you wouldn't ask someone to marry you on the first date. So similarly, it's, it, it can happen, but it's rare for um, a, an investor to fund you um, from a, you know, a random email uh, or, or ironically text message. Um, uh, but investors do in, uh, uh, like to invest in lines, not necessarily data points. So I recommend um, entrepreneurs who have a company to pick the handful of people they want to build a relationship with and send them kind of monthly updates of, of progress that they're making and try to, you know, build a relationship over time. So when you do need capital, you can go to people that have known you for a little bit of time and not just have, have one data point. All right, there we go. Corey, this was great. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy your vacation and uh, we'll talk soon. So first of all, you guys are all so amazing. We hit 10,000 downloads for the first season alone. I don't know if that's going to go up or go down for season two, but I'm just really excited. I got to meet the coolest people, got to travel around mostly the LA area and just meet people that have done some amazing things. I was at NFL Network interviewing the VP of the NFL. 
I went to the Hollywood Hills, was interviewing Garen Jones. I went to the other side of the Hollywood Hills. I was interviewing Ian Chen, got to see their home office. I mean, it was such a cool experience. I'm so thankful that you guys were a part of it. And I've got some, I'm not going to say better, but I've got some really awesome interviews coming at you for season two. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I guarantee I don't update this till the end of season two. So if you're watching the last episode of season two, and I'm hyping you up for all the episodes of season two, sorry about that. Guarantee I'll forget. And uh, cool, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of this. Please leave five stars if you can in the, in the podcast store. I don't think Google allows you to do that. But uh, leave a mental five stars if you want. And feel free and comment. Give me some feedback. I'm always looking to improve. And just thank you so much for being a part of the We Strive podcast.